Since I was very small, I have been told two things again and again and again. The first is that from the time I was old enough to relate and emote with people, that I had a great empathy, that I could feel and smell and taste the joy or sorrow through somebody's eyes, through their breath, through the curve of their spine. And that with this empathy, I would call people to me, little ones, big ones, old ones, small ones. And that I would taste and smell and feel what they needed. And that somewhere inside of me, I would find that thing. And if I possibly could, I would give it to them. Now, as I grew older, it changed from people saying, you have a great empathy. You're so compassionate, you're so kind, to, to the second thing I was always told. And it was this, that because of this great empathy, because of this great talent I had to be with people, that I would make an excellent mother. <laughs> yeah, Mommy Club wanted me. And they recruited me hard. And it went from when I was in my early 20s to, oh, when do you think you will have children? Have you found the man you're going to have children yet? To how many children do you have? Right? None. I don't have children. I still don't have children. I'm 34. Now, I found in my early 20s that I landed in a pretty magical place to become a grown-up. Nobody's a grown-up in their early 20s. <laughs> I landed in Humboldt County, California. Oh. And Humboldt County... <laughs> breathe it in deep, people. Breathe it in deep. <laughs> and Humboldt County, California is a pretty amazing place. It is the land of dualities. It is the land of 300-foot redwoods and 300-acre clear-cuts. Right? It is the land of the 19-foot ganja plant and the empty pocket. It is the land of the pot mansion and the last coastal slum in all of California. And in this place, I also saw another duality. I saw a duality of parents, of mothers. You know, I saw on one hand the loving yoga mom with the four-year-old still hanging off her boobie. Right? It's good. It's fine. And I also knocked on doors because I worked in the school system with adjudicated youth, suspended, and expelled. I would knock on the doors of motel rooms and have moms answer the door with crack pipes in their hands. I saw these two things. Both those people are mothers. They both dressed one out, right? Just treating them really different. And as I moved through this world, I realized that while I was asked the question again and again, are you going to have children? When are you going to have children? How many children will you have? Um, that I never felt that yearning in my own belly to hold a baby there and to bring it into the world. But I also felt a great love for every child that came in front of me, for every person, really, that came in front of me. And 
when I would tell people that I didn't want to have children, I would get the smile. <laughs> and sometimes even the pat. Oh, <laughs> I'm a nanny. And it kind of made me feel, you know, I, there was something in that that made me feel really angry. That if I didn't have a baby of my own, that I couldn't know deep, deep love. And I didn't believe that because I felt it every day. Now, fast forward a little bit. I've been living in Humboldt County about four years. I go to clown school. Clown school is very busy. I move into um, this house, which is right down the street from clown school because you have to be there early and stay there late because clown school is no joke. <laughs> All right, so I'm living in this house, and I have this one 50-year-old roommate, and I've got this other 22-year-old roommate, and never see them, never talk to them, really. And one day I come back into the house, and I'm, I'm home actually a little early. It's like 8 o'clock or something. It's very early to get home from this school. And um, I, I go inside, and there's no cell phones at the time, so my, the house phone rings, and I pick up the house phone. And I'm talking on the house phone, and it's this friend of mine. And when you go to this clown school, you sort of disappear from the world. It's very demanding. And I remember, like, oh, four months ago, she was pregnant. But well, she should have had her baby already. And so I'm talking to her, and she says, Annie. And I says, yes. And she says, I've been in labor for a long time. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I, weren't you supposed to? Yes, it's three weeks overdue. You know, but she's one of those hippie mamas, not going to induce that thing. She's like, let it float around till it's ready. <laughs> Finally, it's ready, but it's been hanging out there forever. So I, I, in Humboldt County, discovered something which I call my heart song. And it is a song that I found one day and that I've sung every day of my life since. And she knew this song, and she said, will you please... <laughs> Sing that goddamn song <laughs> to this baby. And I said, okay, I will do it. I will sing it, you know. So um, she said, I'm, I'm putting the receiver on in my belly. And I said, okay. So she puts the receiver on her belly, and I sing. And I'm feeling pretty cool because, like, she's asking me to sing my heart song to her baby before it comes out. So I sing. Good morning, little children. Good morning, family line. Good morning, future baby, stepping softly up on high. We welcome life from the morning sun, bless the earth and thank the sky. Walk our paths well and then good night, good night. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to go now. Right, so I hang up the phone, and I'm feeling like a million bucks, and I turn around, and there's my 50-year-old roommate who's never said a word to me being like, I was nice, and the 22-year-old just <laughs> You know, I'm feeling really good. I feel great, you know, and, and, um, and I go on with my life, and life goes on, and, you know, and I think it's probably a day later, maybe, that I get home, and it's early again. The phone rings, and I pick it up, and it's... Um, it's this guy, it's this woman's husband, and he's saying, I just want to let you know that two hours after you sang that song, that baby came, perfectly healthy, beautiful girl. And I hung up that phone, feeling like the baby whisperer. It was like, yeah, I might not put one in mine, but I'll get yours out. Like, give me a call, right? So I felt so good, and I, I looked 
you know, and I, and I hung up that phone with the biggest grin on my face, just a shitty grin, you know, and I turned around, and there was my roommate, this 22-year-old girl, and she had the exact opposite expression on her face. It was an expression of fear, confusion, shame, every horrible expression that you're feeling that you could imagine, and me being who I am, I felt it all. And I neutralized my facial expression because it wasn't fair to have it. And she said to me, and this is the girl I hardly knew. We lived together. I knew she looked up to me, but I didn't really know her at all. I was a few years older, you know. And she came and she said, Annie, can I talk to you? I don't have anybody else to talk to. I really need to talk to you. And I said, sure, let's talk. So we went into her little room. And it was this funny little room on the side of the house. She was renting for 200 bucks a month, you know. And we went, we sat down on her bed, and she looked at me and she said, I am pregnant. Now, Humboldt County is a funny place because you get the hippie mama with one hit on each hip, one hanging off her back, you know, sprouting kale out her vagina. Like, and it's, it's, you get that mama. You do. But you also get a whole bunch of women, young women, who are seven months pregnant, whose baby daddy just left them when they didn't want to do the dirty anymore. You get that. And that's who she knew she was. She said, I know who it is. It's a guy I met at a bar. He didn't wear a condom. I didn't make him. And I was about, you know, I took her hand. I was about to give her the talk that, like, girl, this is your choice. You do what you think is right. I'll support you in any way that you want. And she looked at me before I even opened my mouth, and she said, I know what I want to do. I need, I need to get an abortion. And I was about to give her the whole talk about where you go and how you do it and this and that. She said, I already have an appointment. It's tomorrow, but I can't go by myself. And I don't have anybody else I want to go with me. Will you please go with me? So I looked at her, and at that very moment, I loved this virtual stranger so much, I said, I will go with you. Yeah, we'll go. And so we did. And the next morning, we woke up, and I reminded her she wasn't supposed to eat. And she took her values, and we got to the Planned Parenthood. There's only one for the whole county. And um, we walked through the picket lines and the pictures of the dead fetuses. And I didn't think much about all that. I thought about her. And I held her hand and her nails dug into my palm. And I walked her like a fierce mama wolf into that clinic. And I sat with her in the waiting room while she cried huge tears. And I sat with her in the examination room where they asked her, would you like to see an ultrasound? of this embryo, this fetus, before you make your decision. And she said, yes, I would. And I held her hand while she watched the flutter of that heartbeat. And I sat with her while they asked, would you still like to terminate your pregnancy after you have seen this ultrasound? And she said, I do. And I sat with her in the examination room and in the operation room. When we went in there and they put her on the table her legs were up in stirrups, and they described the procedure. And at one point, they said, when we are removing the embryonic matter, you will hear the sound of a loud vacuum. And at that, she froze. 
And she seized up and she grabbed my hand tighter than she'd ever grabbed it. And she said, I can't hear that. Annie, you know that song you sang? Will you please sing that song to me? And so I took her hand. And with my other hand, I covered her ear. And she told them she was ready. And when that sound started, I bent down and I sang in her ear. I sang, good morning, little children. Good morning, family line. Good morning, future babies. Stepping softly up on high. We'll welcome light from the morning sun. Bless the earth and thank the sky. Walk our paths well. And then good night. Good night. And I sang that song to her about eight times through, till it was done. And I took her home, and I put her to bed, and I kissed her on the forehead. And as I lay in my bed that night, I thought to myself about something my mom had told me. She said when she had my sister, which was her first child, and she held my sister in her arms, her mom was there. And she looked at her mother and she said, Mama, do you love me this much? And her mama said, Ay, mija, I do. And I thought about that kind of love. Where you just meet somebody where they are. You love them for where they are, who they are, what they have. And I knew that the love I had for this stranger, just this girl who needed me, that that was mommy club love. <laughs> that was mother's love. So, because you can never be sure, I'm 99.9% .9 sure <laughs> that I'm never going to have a baby in my own belly. But I will tell you what I'm 100% sure about. That if you or yours should ever come before me in need, in sorrow, in pain, in fear, I will love you and I will love yours.